When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I think the biggest thing now is to kind of, as a black man, as a former player, I think it's for, best for me to support the players and just not be here tonight. And figure out what happens after that. Yeah. I, I just don't feel quick to do that. And I respect that. I was told that the Lakers, the Clippers, essentially in an informal poll said they were willing to end the season. These are obviously two teams who uh, believe that they have a chance to win a championship. But, but I was told by a high-ranking uh, source in the meeting uh, that this conversation is going to continue um, into tomorrow, that, that certainly players, everybody in the league uh, is in a heightened emotional place right now, um, that no decision has been made about how the league will go forward. I am told that it appears unlikely that the three playoff games scheduled for Thursday here in Orlando will be played. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. If not now, when? That's that's all I just want to hear from the rest of the night where everybody's pontificating and thinking and soapboxing and all of that. We know nothing is going to change. We get it. Martin Luther King got shot and risked his life. Mega Evers, if we've seen this and all of our heroes constantly taken down, we understand it's not going to end. But that does not mean, young men, that you don't do anything. Don't listen to these people telling you don't do anything because it's not going to end right away. You are starting something for the next generation and the next generation to take over. Do you have to be smart? Yes. Do you have to make sure that you have a plan? Yes. Do you have to be articulate about that plan? Yes. All of those things. But that's what you're going to do. They're professionals. They know how to be the best of themselves. And so I applaud it. I applaud it because it is the young people. It is the young people leading the way. And I applaud them. Uh, you heard from Chris Weber. You heard from Adrian Wojnarowski. And that was Kenny Smith walking off the set on TNT last night. Mackie and Judd here on a Thursday. And we will break down a Twins game. A very... I don't know. Unsettling Twins game. Yeah. Oh, know. there's a lot to get to this time. Yeah. We'll, this was not a purposeful loss. Let's put it that way. We'll do that. Also, Doogie with his weekly scoop segment, and he has information as to whether the Twins have kicked the tires on Trevor Bauer. And so we're going to get into Ooh. that as well. But the biggest news overnight, and we had, uh, we had more, I don't know if violence is the word, but we definitely had... Uh, some level of rioting and looting last night in Minneapolis, and and the and the biggest, and that was kind of a kind of a, a first cousin, and also I would say um, overreaction to something that was perceived differently, perceived as a police shooting. It turned out to be a suicide last night in Minneapolis, but a close cousin to 
the unrest that's taking place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So here's what we know. NBA players boycotted all three playoff games yesterday in the Orlando bubble in response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha. The Lakers and the Clippers, led by LeBron James and other superstars, voted to end the season last night. And we're recording this late morning on Thursday, so it's possible by the time you hear this that there's a lot more information out there. And so Woj, so so Sham said that the Lakers and Clippers had voted to end the season, and then it was almost as um, from the clip that you played, and I saw Woj tweeted this out last night too, as if he was reporting that they had voted to do that, but there was more discussion going to take place. Is that and, correct? And that and some of those discussions have taken place this morning. And according to Yahoo Sports, after an emotional meeting this morning, the feeling is most players do want to continue playing, but also want to know that the Board of Governors are going to support them on pushing policy changes. The Milwaukee Bucks were on the phone last night from their locker room trying to speak with, and maybe they did succeed they did. in speaking with the Attorney General they did. Uh, State of Wisconsin. And so so we'll get into some of this, but MLS players boycotted their games yesterday. WNBA players boycotted their games yesterday. And also some Major League Baseball players boycotted games yesterday and some teams boycotted. The Twins and the Indians were uh, were a pair that did go off and play. Um, the NBA players specifically are looking to leverage this moment and use their massive platforms to push for meaningful policy change and social change. And so Judd and Declan, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, we we did a lot of shows in and around the George Floyd uh, murder. I'll just say murder in the in the later part of May and early part of June. And so mm-hmm. let's just, let's start with Judd here. What what are your thoughts on everything that went down yesterday and um, and everything going forward here? It is possible that the NBA season has been yes. canceled or or this boycotted is, completely. This is what Kyrie was talking about when Kyrie came out and said. I want to take a vote of players who think if it's a good idea to go back and and serve basketball fans by playing or to use their voice um, in communities, okay? And I think a lot of people, perhaps us, I don't know, thought, oh, Kyrie, you are being Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. Flat earther, that's too far. Um, but this is what he was talking about. And, and I guess we should not be surprised that during the course and so quickly again after George Floyd, we should not be surprised that something again has come up where where police felt it necessary not to subdue a guy or stop a black man but to shoot him seven times okay um so so we need to acknowledge that Kyrie was onto something here as far as saying how do we want to approach this because because now you started to play and it's going to look really weird if you don't play and you're asking people to do something as far as, as um, the NBA owners go that I don't know how much more they can do now this does not mean the players can't do a lot well the I mean, the, the players are essentially saying the owners are billionaires, well right. connected to decision makers. But the owners, they can and should do more, is what the players are right, but, Im- implying but, here. But Kyrie's point was, we can probably do more by being out in communities than playing basketball in August, which mm-hmm. he might be right. Um, I applaud, and I tweeted this last night, and of course I got pushback. But what the players are doing, in my opinion, you can agree or disagree with. So just fundamentally, we can debate it. Okay. But I think when you look at what's at stake here, when you look at the fact that if they decide they're going to stop playing now, it's going to have ramifications. What I tweeted was, I think you have to respect it. I I don't see how you don't look at that and say, wow, 
Absolutely wow. And, and there's a deeper topic that I'd like to get to off of this eventually. But you know what? If LeBron James says, I'm done, that's a huge deal. And I don't see how you don't look at You can say I don't agree with James. I personally do. But you could say that you don't agree. But I don't understand how you also can't say, I really respect that. Because this man is taking a stand on, on the sport that he loves, trying to win, absolutely positively chasing rings, which is fine, and saying, screw it. Which is basically what he's saying. Yeah, I don't see how you don't respect that. He is he is the top superstar of our generation, and he is the one, according to report, that said, "Let's shut this whole thing down." This is Ali like, like this is not done once every twenty five years. Yeah. So 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 my my general thought on this, and I and I and I know a lot of we, three months ago when we were talking, you know, at least for a week and a half, pretty much on the daily about what was happening in Minneapolis and what was happening uh, in the fallout and the aftermath of the George Floyd murder. We got a lot of emails. We got a lot of tweets. We got a lot of responses from people who listen to the show and say, I just want an escape. I don't want you guys to be talking about this. Well, two things. Number one, we will get into Reckless Twins trade speculation, so you will have that, and we, and we promise that. But, but the second thing is, th- these are discussions, whether you are a liberal, whether you are a Republican, like take politics out of this for just a second. When people are crying for help, mm-hmm. I personally choose to listen to them. Now, whether at the end of the entire discussion we see eye to eye, that's a that's to be determined. But when people are crying for help, I think it's right to listen to them and not dismiss them out of hand right away. And to what you're saying, when prominent people are jumping on the cause and crying for help and 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 essentially putting their legacies and careers to the side to say, no, this isn't important. Chasing Michael Jordan's rings at age 35 here and time's running out is no longer important. I just think this is such an important time in the next, not only two months, but just in the next, let's say, six months, mm-hmm. to, as a country and just as human beings, get to the why of some of this. Like, we spend so much time focused on the symptoms. Like, we spend so much time focusing on people are breaking windows at Target. Yes, and that's terrible, and we don't want that to happen, and we don't want business, we don't want Brits to get set on fire last night in Minneapolis, and but let's get to the core problems. Let's let's ask questions that lead well, us to better and more substantive answers. You just hit on what I think is is the one thing I hear nobody talking about, and I don't know why. And I don't think things like um, Twitter or Facebook help this. But here's my one question. I'm going to go back to the '60s for a second. So in the in the late 70s, early 80s, when I was growing up, I often asked my parents about the 60s because at that time there had been no turbulent times like that. Right. Mm-hmm. 68. And my mom, very, very, very smart person, would always say, well, I was raising kids and like I'd be like summer of 67, summer of 68. What what happened? Uh, and her response was, I was, you know, I had you and your sister to raise and I frankly, really wasn't paying that much attention. Like, she couldn't give me any personal anecdotes or experiences. She remembered the news, but I can recite the news from back then, and I, I was not alive yet. So here's my question off your point, Phil, and it, it's something that struck me l- last night, and I think I know the answer, and I think the answer is really, really sad. What are we learning? Like, I see people hurting, and I'm like, I don't know how that doesn't move you. I, I don't care who you are. I, you know, I, I can't identify with a black man. I grew up in Minnetonka. 
I grew up with money. Um, I can't identify, but I know in the core of my soul, it hurts me to see people hurt this much. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about, I can separate the people that take opportunity to go burn stuff down or loot. And I can separate them from a lot of the people that are truly hurt, who are walking off their job as the basketball players or, or who are crying. And I look at those folks and it upsets me. It really does. Mm-hmm. But if we're not learning a thing from this, then it doesn't matter. Then like I'm, I think it's really, really sad and it upsets me. But if I, in a two years from now, if we're all, or if I'm back to, yeah, you know, that was a really turb- summer 20. How about that one? Um, so I guess my question is, and I would love feedback. Do you think we're learning a damn thing here? Because we certainly are being taught something. I think I, my answer to your question, what, you know, what are we learning is a, is a really, that's a really compelling question. And I think, you know, my, my gut says we're not learning that much collectively because we're not asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. We're asking the wrong questions and we're focused on the wrong things. And to me, like I tend to be a curious person. And so I like to ask sometimes too many questions and it sometimes sure. gets me into trouble. And, and I think the series of questions I would start with in this case is, well, first of all, who's crying for help? Black people are crying for help. And, and for those of you who are saying, well, what is, I mean, LeBron James lives a, like LeBron James lives just like a rich white person. Like what's, what is he like? Is this just virtue signaling by LeBron? No, LeBron James from Akron, Ohio, and all kinds of NBA players, they are speaking on behalf of people that don't have the same platform as they do. So don't confuse a rich black person saying, well, they're not oppressed, they're rich. Well, they're speaking on behalf of people who, aren't, who haven't made it to the NBA to make $15, $20, 30000000 million a year. Mm-hmm. And so the first question is, why are black people crying out? Like, politics aside, just put your politics aside. Why are black people crying out? Okay, let's unpack that. Why do black people live in largely poor communities? Is it is it them? Like is it their fault? Like let's let's right. let's spend time unpacking that. I'm not saying on this show because this would be days of conversation. But, right, but I, yeah, I get your but, point. Okay, okay, why well black people commit crimes. Okay, why do black people commit more? Why are black people statistically more likely to be incarcerated? Why are they statistically more likely to commit crimes? Uh, you know, do these things have something to do with 400 years of oppression in the United States? And and even when we have lifted slavery and lifted, uh, you know, the inability to vote and buy a home, like what? Let's unpack, unpack it all. Get rid of your politics. Someone's crying for help. It's black people. And let's listen. And I don't see how or why that's controversial. And and so, like, if the next question from people is, well, how does boycotting games help or fix anything? What, like, you know, I saw I saw Suture a tweet yesterday. Well, I'm really going to miss those NBA games. Sort of dismiss, like, well, wh- what's the difference if NBA games are played or not? Right. Well, obviously, boycotting NBA playoff games isn't going to like flip a switch and and change 400 years of underbelly in this country. But right. the the players are saying, listen, why would we entertain you and go forward with this entertainment charade when you don't listen to us? You aren't willing to engage in a meaningful conversation. Now, at the end of answering all these questions and peeling back all the layers and digging deep, at the end of all of that, if there's a deep discussion nationwide and with political leaders and with community leaders, like if there's disagreement on how to proceed from there, okay, but that's a much further along place than where we are right now. But why does boycotting help and how does it fix anything? It doesn't fix anything, but it draws attention to a problem. Right. It's prominent people that are using their platforms and using the attention that they're generating 
to activate in some way, whether it's with local leaders or national leaders or or to shift the attention to different causes. Now, I would say canceling these games and boycotting these games and thus forfeiting your bubble platform actually reduces and diminishes your platform. So I, I would actually make the case that it's it's good to pause here for a second to say, hey, everyone, listen up. And then continue forward with your platform in some way and keep playing the games. Sure. Um, and I, and maybe that's what they wind up doing. But I just feel like, like, why is it controversial to dig deeper and ask questions out of curiosity? It's like, why is that hard? I, I just think if you, um, if you sit down by yourself and think about this and think to yourself, I just want my normal back, then something's wrong with you. Then something's wrong. Then you're not paying attention. Then, and, and I like the fact, I and I saw this um, tweeted or or said a few times on Wednesday. I like the fact that when people are saying, "Why are you boycotting not, not playing games?" the response is because nothing else we've done makes a bit of difference. You don't listen, so may, maybe this works. Maybe this works. But when we're you know in the last six months or four months or so, Phil, when we are starting from a point of of all of the things that you brought up as far as the oppression is very true but the starting point is from black people to the police who are supposed to protect you please stop shooting us like that's the starting yeah. point that's the simplest that is the first grade start like this is not a this gets to be a very detailed um conversation that goes into the minutia of hundreds of years and i get that and that conversation should be had but when the starting point is we would like to if we think we're going to get a speeding ticket just get the ticket yeah. so i'm glad you brought up the police officer thing because you know being a police officer is incredibly difficult and thankless in a lot of ways like it's i, I do think sometimes we sit here and think well you know why would you pull a gun in that situation well okay it puts you know put someone in that spot when they're mm -hmm. making split second decisions sometimes in dimly or dark lit areas like it is a really hard job, and so I just want to preface by saying that. But I think in the and then I guess I would I would preface by saying there's a lot of people that say, well, I mean, this guy that got shot, he's got a criminal record. He had, a, I think, I think he had a, a they found a knife in the vehicle in or the something, vehicle, right? Not on him though, yeah. And, and so, and so, listen, if you're a if you're a law abiding citizen and uh, and you're and you don't have a knife in your car, like, listen, you're not going to have to worry about getting shot. To which I say, it is not a police officer's job, as hard as it is, it is not a police officer's job to just execute people with criminal backgrounds. Like We have a court system for that. We have a justice system for that. And so I don't think, just to, just to clarify, I don't think people are defending a black person's criminal record or George Floyd's criminal record or, um, or Jacob Blake's criminal record. I think they're saying, listen, is... Is was in that moment was Jacob Blake? Did he deserve to die or not die because he's not dead, but, but be paralyzed and be yeah. shot seven times? He probably should be dead. Um, and so, like that's that's the argument we said. No, no one is saying that like there shouldn't be police or that well, some people are, but like no one is saying there shouldn't be police or that it's not an impossible job. But people are saying, listen, like it's not your job to just execute someone at Wendy's because they're running away from you with a taser. And that's, the Kenosha thing, too, if, if that was like the second time, then I'd, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's bad. But it's the second time. It's not. This happens on. a that, That's that's the that's the thing we don't get. And as white people can't comprehend, this happens in some way, shape or form. Now, it, you know, thank God it might not always be being shot. 
But as far as the abuse of black people, this happens all the time. And I, I'll say this about cops because I'm with you. There's a lot of great cops and there's a lot of of uh, of cops out there with empathy who do their job really, really well. But if we are at the end of the day, if this if this summer helps us weed out trigger happy macho men, uh, cops who, you know, think to themselves, well, first sign of trouble, I'm pulling that gun. Then good riddance, man. Like this whole thing about do you not want police? (laughs) All right. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't want a, a cop who shows up at my door with the threat of an intruder and his first thought is, I'm going to pull my gun. No, I don't. I want a cop. You you choose to, it, it is your choice when you get into that business. And again, there's a lot of good ones. I'll preface it by saying this. But you choose to do a very dangerous job, which puts your life on the line. And you willingly sign off on that. Your job is to protect and serve. It, the, the shield or the side of the, car, the cars don't say to protect and serve myself. It's to protect and serve the entire community, putting your life at risk. I wouldn't do it. Not in a million years. You could come to me tomorrow and say, I'll pay a million bucks. Do you want to be a beat cop? No, I don't. But I want everyone else like me who might be trigger happy, who might pull their gun, who, might, who can't tell you what they're going to do. I don't want any of them on the street. And if that means we got less cops, that means we got less cops. But I think this country would be a lot better served if we had a police force full of people with empathy. And, yes, you might have to pull your gun and, God forbid, shoot a person. I get that. But if you go, if you roll up to a domestic dispute or you roll up to something and your first thought is, I better um, get the gun ready. I don't want you. I don't yeah. think it's again. I don't understand for all the people who who you know get upset about this. I don't understand the starting point of this conversation is so easy. It gets difficult, okay? And I'm not I'm not going to say that it doesn't get into what can be of debates. It doesn't get into hundreds of years of oppression, which again I don't understand and certainly uh, could be educated on and would discuss. And I don't know. If by the time we got to the third or fourth column of this discussion, if it just wouldn't turn into debates, that that makes sense. But the first part of what we just talked about, how is it debatable? Yeah. Like, like what's what is the debate? What do you want? This I, one last thought. And we can I mean, I'm sure this will be a topic here going forward to some extent, just because it looks like the NBA is not just going to fire back up. And I would guess we've got NFL teams that are boycotting practice today. The Packers have. Have not seen anything on the Vikings so far, but yeah. So the Jets, I, I think the Lions boycotted yeah. uh, practice a couple days ago. Bears too. The the basic, like the the surface level question at minimum that we have to talk about is: All right, can we? Is there a different way to subdue some of these black people that are being approached by cops without killing them? Like that's that's step one. I mean, that's the, that's the obvious. But the deeper question that requires a ton of unpacking and introspection from a lot of people is. What can be done to offer a more fair chance to some of these black communities? Sure, that are yeah. oftentimes poor and crime ridden. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say what can be done to offer a more fair chance, it's not just, well, figure it out. Oh, you guys are free. Figure it out. Like, I mean, yeah, like they're not slaves anymore. We've established that. But they had a much different starting line than most of the people yeah. that they are competing with for jobs and for education and for 
wealth and other things. Mm-hmm. That's the discussion. And that's where that's where it starts to get political, unfortunately. Yes. Rather but than we're not but the point being, I, I think all three of us can agree we're not there in this conversation. So I'm perplexed as to what's difficult about it and where is the defending of things. Yeah. Where is that why why is it so hard to for us to agree on he had a knife in his car. If he had been white, he doesn't get shot. I don't think that's a controversial statement. It's not. A bunch of guys in Michigan, a militia basically, if I'm not mistaken, went to protest with their machine guns. They were white. No one got shot. What happens if a group of black men or black people show up with their machine guns? Man. Can they just all walk around and you're like, you know, you should go home? Man. I, I, how is this difficult? Yeah, it's even I'm a Minnetonka kid and I don't have to, I don't struggle. I want to play this Robert Ori clip that Declan found here. Very powerful stuff. Robert Ori talking about his sons. And it's hard to tell your 14 year old son that I worry about him when he walks out that door. I have a 21 year old son. I worry about him because black men are, 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 are endangered species pretty much. People are, these cops are just killing because they feel like if they don't have their body cams on, they have a right. And I tell my kids all the time, I said, dude, I don't care what's going on because at the end of the day, I want you coming home to me. If you have to lay down on the ground and they can kick you, beat you, at least you're going to go to the hospital and you're going to come home to me. Don't, whatever they say to you, don't take it upon yourself to let that rage you have against that cop come out because he has the gun. He can end you. And I don't want him to end you because if he ends you, that means I'm going to end him. Jeez. And just, you know, imagine you're a parent and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white dude, so I, I have a kid, right? And imagine trying to have to explain to my teenage son that that's how you should react if you're detained by a police officer. Can you just like imagine having to do that every day? Mm-hmm. Whether you're from fame like Robert Horry is, whether you're some Joe Schmo producer on a radio like me, I couldn't imagine having that just being a normal conversation with my son or daughter about how you would go about being detained by the police. Yeah. And I think like you listen to Robert Horry and then Chris Weber and the soundbite we played and forget about the fact that those guys are, those guys have made it. Those guys are through basketball. Those guys have made it like, so let's, Let's get past that part. They're speaking on behalf of people who haven't made it. That's that's what we're doing here. You know, you hear him like crying and and talking about this scenario, crying, literally crying for help. Robert Ori, on behalf of black people, is literally crying for help in that audio clip. And how can our response be anything other than. Let's let's peel back these layers, let I want to listen to you. I want to. I want to hear where you're, I want to hear where this is coming from. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Ryan Clark like, said the same thing this spring. Yeah. He started crying and said, "I worry about my son every single day." Yeah. And yeah. By the way, this is what this is what right. Rocco Baldelli. This is Rocco Dex yeah. on um, after the game uh, yesterday. You know, ultimately, I wanted our players to be the ones who would get together, and if our players felt that the right thing to do was not play, I would be the I would be there right there with them and. Uh, and supporting that decision. And I think ultimately we thought the right thing to do was to go out there and, and end up playing the game. So we'll see what happens uh, the rest of today. Just It feels like, it almost feels like all of sports could be shut down, not because of COVID, but because of racial injustice and, um, and, and everything to do with the fallout of the Jacob Blake shooting. So 
Hey, before we get to, do we have time for like seven, eight minutes of breaking a Twins game down like it's football here with Dukes? Can we push Dukes for just a few minutes? Okay. Football. All right. There's really no easy way to transition from one of the most powerful movements in the history of our country with top professional athletes boycotting games on behalf of racial injustice. But the Twins did play the Indians last (laughs) night, and, uh, and they lost the last two games of this series. So breaking a baseball game down like it's football. football. There's a lot to get to off this game. Can we actually start with Sergio Romo getting his comeuppance? So I love that Sergio Romo has been chirping the Royals and he chirped the Indians a couple nights ago. But um, the Indians were just licking their chops, waiting to do this to Sergio Romo, to knock him around, put a crooked number on him, and uh, yeah. make fun of him as he walked back to the dugout. So like this is kind of it. I love Sergio. He's one of the most fun players on the roster and maybe across the league. But when you chirp like he did, this is kind of what happens. Give, they, they laugh at you on your way back to the deck. Can I give you the one thing about that that bothered me, though? Because, again, I forecast this into the playoffs. And, and look, Sergio, I don't think it's going to change. Like, I think he is who who he is. And if you're a Twins fan, it's sort of fun to watch. Um, and he definitely would qualify as a character. I didn't like the fact that it seemed to get to him, though. Last night? Yeah, like the Cleveland dugout was chirping him loudly. And look, if he's going to do what he's going to do, he's going to get chirped loudly by good teams. Um, It can't get to you. Like, if I just felt his stuff was off and he didn't get flustered, I'd be like, okay, because, you know, it's a bad night. But he looked flustered. He did. And I don't, you can't, uh-uh, you can't have both ways. You, he, might, he might need to shave at some point. Just, but, just get a clean, but clean don't you? But don't you think if you're going to be him... And this is your shtick, you know, which is fun again. Um, you're going to get chirped. And if you're going to do this to the Yankees or good teams, you're going to get chirped loudly. And if you can't put that behind you and suck it up and be like, okay, I brought this on. It's my doing, but I still enjoyed it. Like, he didn't look like he was enjoying the fallout of what he had done. And I need him to I, I need him to be enjoying it or not doing it. You know, I actually, I like that. you know, this this is a second guess now because I, sh- I should have said this beforehand. But if you would have asked me after the first game of the series when the back and forth happened, would you pitch Sergio Romo again have. in the series? I, this last night. I would have said I would not pitch him again in the series. <laughs> I just feel like like if he gets in. You know, the four relevant yeah. Indians hitters, There's that lineup is pretty bad. Uh, but they do have three or four guys that can really mash. Those guys are out for blood. And I would have just elected to rest him. So last night, Barrios goes five and two-thirds, gives up the crooked number early. We'll get into him in a second. But but Tyler Clippard came in to clean up the sixth. Mm-hmm. He throws six pitches, gets the one strikeout. Mm-hmm. And then that's it for him. Then Tyler Duffy comes in and throws one of the most dominant innings of of his season, and he's a dominant reliever. Nine pitches, all of them strikes, yeah. and he struck out two of the three outs. So you had Tyler Clippert throw six pitches, you had Tyler Duffy throw nine pitches, and then you go to Sergio Romo in a spot. Again, this is a total second guess, but in a spot where that lineup is just looking for him to come back in so they can get their revenge. I probably would have maybe leaned on Clippert for a little bit longer and tried to bridge the gap with Tyler Duffy or brought Duffy in for a second inning. Duffy hadn't uh, Duffy hadn't pitched in three days, gents, uh, and he threw nine pitches, and that's it. Again, this is this is not an acceptable playoff solution. Like you, yeah. like if this this is October, and Duffy looks that good in what the sixth or seventh? Yeah, you run him back out. He's there got to sure. come back out. Uh, that was my biggest problem. With all of the talking points, um, baseball's football last night is that one. Tyler Duffy has to come back out. 
Like, he hadn't pitched in three days. So I don't think Tyler Duffy has to come back out in this particular game based on what the, like, standings are and stuff. But I agree with you in that in October, he for sure has to come out for a second. I, you know inning. what? I think, if you're, I think if you're going to forfeit game two, which the Twins pr- pretty much did in this series, I want to see him pitch last night. I, I want to, if you're going to purposely sort of be like, that's eh, Bieber pitching and we're probably going to lose and therefore uh, it's going to go starter Akala. I really wanted to see Duffy come back last night for, because he's, you know, nine pitches, man. Nine pitches. Hadn't pitched in three days. This is not rocket science. He's faced 34 Football. batters this year. Excuse me, 42 batters this year. Five of them have reached. That's insane. Five yeah. of them have reached. He has <laughs> one like, home run. to walk five hits in those, in the, and that's the only guys in that have reached. Run. The one and, run. Yeah, I just don't understand why you don't trot him out for the eighth, especially if we're trying to break these mold of, all right, you're our closer, you only pitch the ninth. You're our setup guy, you only pitch the eighth. Like I, I, That's yeah. what I don't get. Well, the Romo thing, you'd look at his numbers going into the series, and you'd say, yeah, I mean, Romo's also one of the most dominant relievers on this team. Well, like, Romo was pitching... A little over his head in terms of batted ball luck. He's, he was allowing some loud outs to, you know, left field, center field. And so he was definitely due for some regression going into that game last night. Tyler Duffy might be due for a little regression, but he's just dominant. I, I trust that that's more legitimate than what Romo's been doing. A hundred percent. And if you don't 100%. pitch him in three days, he can come back after throwing nine pitches. So, it's so I guess the question play. here is, are they... Are they just in, hey, let's just kind of, we're just going to kind of sit back here. If, if this is a Fast and the Furious movie, we're not going to use our Nas yet. We're just going to chill out. Duffy's not going to go back to back until we get closer to October and they're just ramping things up. Or is this the way it's going to be? Like t- the Tyler Clippard one is actually a little think, more interesting because he only went one third of an inning. Yeah, but at least he, he was coming off the ball going off near his elbow on Sunday. But if he's good enough to but pitch, I'm just he's saying good enough D- to pitch. Duffy hadn't pitched in three days. Um, here's my concern. You have to ask that question, and I can't answer it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to default to my problem here. The ALDS last year, in which I saw moves made that I would not have suggested on first guess. Yeah, like Cody Stashak probably doesn't right. need to be pitching. But I mean, I need to tell probably doesn't need to be pitching. I need to look Rocco in the eye and say, can I trust you here? Yeah. And I can't do it yet, and that, that concerns me. Yep. All right, football. Jose Barrios, real quick, we'll get to Doogie here. Doogie's got some uh, Trevor Bauer info. Yeah, go go but ahead with this one. Jose Barrios. I'm, I'm cashed out. I'm trying to think of a nickname for Jose. Jose Barrios was, uh, I don't know, meh is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. And he gives up the crooked number early. He winds up grinding out five and two-thirds and three runs. He did strike out six. But the four walks last night, like, he's just, he's not, not only is he not pitching like the ace that we were all sort of hoping to see this year, He's not pitching like a guy that you put in your playoff rotation right now. I know. And that's going to be the interesting thing about the next and 30 I got, days. You know, I, I saw the reaction last night about, well, he came back and looked good after it. Well, okay, but I need him I need him building off the Milwaukee start at the start of last night's yep. game, not in the third or the fourth of last night's game. Sorry. Agreed. I mean, and there's a big difference between giving up a three spot. Like, Mike Clevenger wasn't on last night either. Mike Clevenger... Winds up grinding out six innings, and he only issues the one walk. Mike Levin, two earned runs. Honestly, the Twins should trade for him. I don't know if that's going to happen. Mike Levy. Very fidgety. Come on over. Look great in the Twins uniform. He's got that weird, like, leg spasm before. Yeah, I don't understand how, like, I want to ask a pitcher how it's not a balk because the dude is always. He's, like, lifting his leg? Always moving until he's set. He, like, literally comes set for maybe half a second, and then he goes. I think when there's nobody on base, you can do pretty much whatever you want. True. 
But if there's a runner on first base and you're twitching your leg, right. who twitches more, him or, or the uh, or the, the is it Karinchek? Is it James Karinchek? Yeah, Karinchek. Does he twitch? He's or got, he, just, oh, yeah. he just tosses the ball to himself. Yeah, but he's got a lot of his feet are going. Yeah, on the rubber. Yeah, they got, they got to avoid that guy last night, but but yeah, matter. Barrios, I'm with you. I I, yeah, I don't know anymore. Football. I just don't know. There it is, breaking down. That's that's just the the worst loss of the season. Uh, cancel it. Season's over. Best best win two nights ago. See, this is football. I love it. The standings, real quick here. They are still in the lead ahead of Cleveland. Cleveland is nineteen and twelve. The Twins are twenty and twelve. So the so they're tied in the loss column. the uh, The Rays have the best record in the American League East at twenty one and eleven. The A's are now twenty two and ten. The White Sox are also in the West. Right behind oh, the, the, the White Sox are nineteen and twelve as well. Too. Yeah. So White Sox, Indians, Twins, all tied in the loss column, and the Twins have one more win than both Cleveland and Chicago. So yeah, the White Sox, excuse me, are uh, turning out to be legit at least offensively, and they've got a pitcher that can throw no hitters. So it's a that. fun team. Football. And before we welcome Doogie into the conversation, a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. And uh, this is not the year to be wishy-washy about your insurance company partnership Uh, during this pandemic year, unrest. If you're a business owner, you want that frontline protection that Federated offers up and you want the guidance and the experience that they have to offer as well. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com where you can also find information about your local representative. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. He is our friend from KSTP 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, Doogie, Darren Doogie Wolfson. You can also find his Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Can we just start right away, Dukes? Reckless Speculation. Have the Twins kicked the tires on Trevor Bauer? My understanding, Phil, is hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Yeah, we got back with you guys. My understanding is that the Reds have let teams know at this point, even though they are what six games below five hundred, seemingly there really isn't a path for the Reds, even with eight teams making the playoffs, for them to make the playoffs. But the Reds are telling teams that as of now, as of Thursday morning. They are not trading Trevor Bauer. Now, they have a doubleheader today. They have a series this weekend against the Cubs. The narrative could change. If they get swept today, if they lose all three this weekend against the Cubs, they do wonder if the conversation shifts on Monday morning, getting into the 3 o'clock deadline on Monday afternoon. But as of now, Trevor Bauer is not a realistic big candidate, whether it's the Twins or any other team. Wow, that is. Go ahead, Phil. I mean, what are they expecting Phil's to very accomplish? Like, so he's a, well, I mean, he's a free agent in 30 days. He is. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a logical candidate for the qualifying offer, right? Like, if you're the Reds, you absolutely tender him a qualifying offer. So they need to weigh, okay, we could re-sign him. We'll tender him. So if he leaves, we'll get a really good draft pick. So whatever return we get has to trump the draft pick. Plus, with everything going on, you know, and they still feel like, hey, you know, with eight teams making the playoffs, even if it's like a 20% chance at this point, they still feel like, hey, we have a chance. And, hey, if our lineup can get healthy, if our pitching can live up to its expectations, the Reds might feel like if we can just be one of those eight teams in the National League, 
we can make a series. Here's what's actually hilarious. So ESPN.com standings, the Reds are the second worst team in the National League record-wise right now. But according to the playoff odds percentages, and this is factoring in what their roster is, the fact that they have Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray, they've got some good hitters. So they have a 30% chance to make the playoffs at 11 and 17. The Marlins at 14 and 12 have only a 36% chance to make the playoffs. So it is pretty amazing. I will also say this, Phil, like if you're Derek Falvey, and by the way, I'm talking to Derek here this afternoon, so maybe I'll gain a little bit more insight, but if you're Derek Falvey, if you're Thad Levine, if you're Rob Antony, if you're anybody else in that Twins front office, does it make sense to give up, whether it's even just Brent Rooker, you know, multiple prospects, does it make sense to give up multiple prospects or even just one prospect for Bauer when you could sign him come December? So, so uh, Dukes, Falvey did a call a couple of days ago, a Zoom call with a bunch of us and talked about, and, and he was asked at the end, I believe, the very question of also, are you inclined to try and make trades and win in such a odd year, you know, c- compared to if this is uh, 2021 and hopefully we're back to playing 162? And he said, oh, yeah, he, he said when we came to spring training, when we came back for our our camp, uh, we were all in basically. That being said, I don't get the impression that the Twins would trade a name prospect who's in St. Paul. Uh, and and the, the one potential work around here is you can't trade a guy, you can't name the guy who's going to be traded uh, from your 60-man roster at 3 o'clock Monday if he's traded, but he can be a player to be named and then shipped out in December. All of that... Being said, I guess my sense is if, if the Twins are going to make a trade, it's going to be probably a smaller deal, but I don't expect anything that would come near a Lewis or a Kirilov, Larnick, Rooker type. Completely agree. Maybe Rooker, right? I mean, if you look at that position, right? I mean, Kirilov, Larnick, Rooker, Sabato, I mean, that is a position of strength from a depth standpoint. So maybe Rooker, but certainly not Duran, Chalmers, you know, any really good pitching prospects. The prices are incredibly high. I had a Twins official text me yesterday. I asked, hey, just overall general impressions where things stand right now. He said, hey, we're always looking to make the team better. Like it's literally our job. We're on the phone. We're texting a lot of these front offices. We have a sense right now what it'll take. And right now the prices are incredibly high. Now with the three o'clock deadline, Judd, you know, we saw last year, whether it was the Dyson trade or a few other trades that happened last second, like oftentimes the prices come down in those final hours right before the deadline. But as we sit here, what is it, about 96 hours before the deadline? I'm just telling you, nothing is even remotely close on the Twins. Front. Doogie, uh, what do you know about Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson? Well, I can tell you that the Twins expect reinforcements. I mean, you know, talking about them getting better. They're going to get better next week. Michael Pineda eligible to be reinstated on Monday. We'll see Big Mike here pretty quick next week. Josh Donaldson, I expect him back in the lineup at some point during the homestand. The homestand starts on Monday. I don't know if tentatively it'll be Monday, but I fully expect him to be back in the lineup at some point during the homestand that starts on Monday. Byron Buxton is close. Mitch Garver isn't all that close. Jake Odorizzi isn't all that close. Cody Stashek is relatively close. Uh, Zach Littell is doing okay, but I'm just telling you, they are going to get reinforcements. Like, if they can just get healthy, Phil, like, think about it. 
How many games this year have they had their full complement of guys? Really, I mean, if they can get Mitch Garver back in that lineup, even though he was scuffling pre-injury, you get Byron Buxton back in the lineup, you get Josh Donaldson back in the lineup, you get Big Mike Pineda in that rotation, and you get Stashak and maybe Latell and possibly Odorizzi back to the you know bullpen slash starting rotation. I think that roster is probably good enough at this point to compete. I mean, look at the landscape of the American League. The Yankees are completely banged up. They're not even winning the East. Tampa has 10 pitchers injured, five out for the season, yet the Rays have a two-and-a-half game lead in the American League East. But if the Twins matched up with the Rays in October, should the Twins curl up in the fetal position? I say no. If the Twins match up with the Oakland A's, they curl up in the fetal position. I say no. I just think if the Twins can get most, if not all of these guys back, this roster is good enough to win a championship. Doogie, I saw this graphic on LB Network last night. It was a hypothetical trade between the Brewers and the Twins. So the Twins would oh, receive... Oh, here we go. Hold on. Some reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. So this is a trade hypothetical. This is a haul. But the Twins would receive Josh Hader. The Brewers would receive Royce Lewis, Ryan Jeffers, and Brent Rooker. What? <laughs> but the... Wait, wait. But the... I mean, the Brewers are under 500, I guess. Yeah, that's a... That's a I mean, I love... Like, Josh Hader is probably one of my bigger man crushers in sports. And that is a haul to give up you for can't, Josh You Hader. can't give up Royce Lewis for a reliever. I love, first of all, bravo, Declan. That is reckless speculation. So real quick before Doogie answers here, the, the, the benefit here would be that Josh Hader isn't a free agent until after the 2023 season. So you'd be getting him for like three and a half years. Josh Hader so far this year has not allowed a hit. <laughs> he has not allowed a hit oh, I love it. so far this season. He's faced 34 batters. None of them have gotten on base via hit. I will say this. That is a realistic starting point. The Twins are not making that trade. Declan, I can promise you that. (laughs) But that would be the starting point. If you're talking to the Brewers front office, when you ask about Hater, that literally is what about they are asking for. Maybe it would be a pitching prospect instead of Rooker or instead of Jeffers. And again, the Twins are not making that trade. Even though I do wonder about Royce Lewis long-term, like what position does he play? He's only been playing shortstop over in St. Paul. He did play some center field in the Arizona Fall League way back when, and maybe he can eventually transition back to to maybe playing some center field. But if he's just a shortstop, you've got Jorge Polanco signed to a team-friendly deal for multiple more years. I think Jorge Polanco is one of the most valuable players on the team. So where exactly does Royce Lewis fit in? So – Royce for an ace, I would have an open mind to that. Depending on who that arm is, you know, we can kick around specific names. But, like, I wouldn't be close-minded. I think they will be right now. But I'm talking, like, in the winter. I wouldn't necessarily say that, that Royce Lewis is untouchable if I were Falvey and So a gut uh, from you, do you think by 3 o'clock on Monday, the Twins swing Dukes some type of trade that helps the here and now Big League roster? I wouldn't be shocked, Judd. You know, I mean, you could argue that they could use, you know, maybe a better fourth outfielder, somebody that can hit lefty pitching, you know, a bench-type bat, or a reliever. You can never have too many relievers. So I think if they do something, it's not going to be super headline-worthy. At this point, I just don't think there's momentum, you know, for, for them, you know, trading for Clevenger or Bauer or, you know, a really good pitcher. If you think Robbie Ray still has something in the tank, even though he's been horrible for the Diamondbacks this year. I just don't foresee a big move like that happening. But sure, I would not be shocked if they bring in some sort of reinforcement. Yeah. 
Uh, Doogie, let's um, let's do some Timberwolves here before we say goodbye to you. Uh, what, what are your? Well, let's let's start here. We've been speculating across the board all week long. I know you and us. We both had Bobby Marks on from ESPN just to go over different scenarios. So, what what will their process be like? From what you can tell, do do you think they are starting with let's see what we can get for the number one pick, or do you think they're starting with let's see if we can draft a superstar and and nail it with the number one pick? Phil, I think it's a combo platter. I mean, Gerson is always going to go big star hunting. So he is going to work the phones. He is going to call nearly every team and just see, you know, if those teams are interested in in acquiring that number one pick. But they are going to do all sorts of homework on these top prospects. They will get interview time with LaMelo Ball. They will get interview time with Anthony Edwards. You name the prospect. There is an appeal. I can tell you this, Phil. There is an appeal to going number one. I can just tell you right now, you know, if LeVar Ball wants to be on the record saying he wants his son in New York, fine. I'm sure there is some truth to that. He'd love to have LaMelo Ball in a big market in New York or Chicago. But I can just tell you, somebody close to LaMelo told me last week, LaMelo is plenty comfortable going number one. Bobby Marks told me that. Bobby Marks is helping. I don't know if you got into this with Bobby, but Bobby told me he's helping LaMelo with, with being prepared for these interviews. He's also helping Daniel Oturu, Tyrese Halliburton, a bunch of these draft prospects. Bobby is, but he told me, on LaMelo, Bobby is confident that LaMelo has zero problem going number one overall coming here to Minnesota. Anthony Edwards on his Instagram story the other day had a picture of himself in a Wolves jersey. I mean, that's evidence. I can also tell you somebody close to Anthony told me Anthony Edwards would love to be the number one pick. They are going to do all sorts of homework on Ball, Edwards, Avdia, go up and down the list of, of the top prospects. But make no mistake. They absolutely are going to have trade talks with a lot of teams. Real quick, breaking news, Woj Bomb. The NBA players have decided to resume the playoffs, a source tells ESPN. We don't have any more details beyond that. There's too much money at stake. They can still have their voices heard. I get it. I'm sure a lot of them feel isolated in that bubble, but I'm not quite sure what exactly is accomplished by boycotting the rest of the season. Oh, by the way, there are a lot of players that still need those paychecks. We think about LeBron and Anthony Davis, but what about, you know, Alex Caruso or you name, you know, some team's 11th man, 12th man. Those guys need slash want those paychecks. There's so much money at stake. You can still have your voices heard in so many different ways by continuing to play. To me, this is the right. Hey, dudes, what became of of LaMelo Ball's dad? LeVar, we used to hear from, you know, Weekly on ESPN, he'd go on uh, PTI, blah, blah, blah. It, fe- it feels like, uh, since the shoe company was not a roaring success, that the amount that we hear from Dad has decreased exponentially, which, by the way, if you're the Wolves, might be a good thing if you're weighing the good and bad of potentially taking the kid. It absolutely is a good thing. I can tell you, Judd, there was a prospect last year. I won't name the name because I don't have – you know, firsthand knowledge of this, but I have it from from multiple sources. I can just tell you, a prospect the Wolves fans would love to have in a Wolves uniform right now. He went a handful of picks after the Wolves ended up taking Jarek Culver. But the Wolves checkmarked some red flags about the prospect because of that prospect's dad. Whether true or not, that's what the Wolves internally had formulated on their, you know, write-up of, of the prospect that, hey, dad could be a potential pain in the ass. That's one check mark against the kid. It wasn't the only reason why they didn't take the kid, but I can just tell you, 
they dig deep on on the parents. So yeah, I think in the case of Lavar Judd, I think Jermaine Jackson Sr., who is coaching Lamelo Ball, his personal coach, I think he's gotten to Lavar. I think Raymond Brothers, the agent for for Lamelo, has gotten to Lavar. I think the right people have been able to communicate with Lavar to tell him to tone it down as much as he can. Interesting. Doogie, uh, I'll give us one more nugget on any ownership. Are we get is Kevin Garnett buying the Wolves next week, or what's the deal? <laughs> no, I mean I think if KG ends up in the ownership group, Phil, I think it would be after whether it's Daniel E. Strauss or, or whoever ends up buying the team. I don't foresee KG's group winning the bidding. I don't foresee KG entering the mix before a transaction takes place. But maybe after a transaction takes place, that might make some sense. Daniel E. Strauss was in town in early August. You know, he had that exclusive negotiating window. I'll just caution people this because there's a lot of Daniel E. Strauss steam right now. This is still a lengthy process. There is still so much vetting out that needs to happen. Hey, Glenn Taylor has changed his mind before. I still think it's when, not if, that Glenn will sell the Wolves. But I just want to tell Wolves fans, this is still going to be a long time before anything is official. Great stuff, stuff, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. You got it. Take it easy, boys. That's Doogie. Joins us every Thursday for inside information about your favorite local sports teams here in the Twin Cities. One thing about trades, too, in baseball um, that is going to be interesting to see, and it actually could be, it could um, stop things from happening as much as we might hope for in the home of reckless speculation. It's this one. You make a trade for a veteran guy, right? It's a pandemic. Veteran guy has to leave where he's playing and maybe mm-hmm. his family's there. Veteran guy's like, I'm opting out. Mm-hmm. Trade's dead. So I, I think there's yeah. going to be, I think that, is, I don't know that we're going to find out about this. Um, because my guess is, is that if there is a potential trade with veterans, um, it's going to be hashed out beforehand. But I could see a few trades because... It's a pandemic, man, and if my wife and kids are in, in the apartment or something in St. Louis or Cincy or something like that, and I'm traded to the Twins, I might be like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to, it's, it's, you definitely have to have those discussions. It's almost like everyone has a no trade clause. Yes. Right? Because like, You've got leverage to kill a trade. There are no trade clauses. I'm out. Yes. <laughs> See you later. So, it, you know what? It wouldn't shock me if a team like the White Sox got a little bit crazy because they just haven't been here before and they mm-hmm. might have a chance to fun team sneak too. up and do some damage so i do think the twins should add at least an arm add at least an how about arm. the trade the trade that yeah. Declan saw it. all right would you guys do it no reckless speculation let's start with the fact that josh Hader is the most ridiculous reliever can i tell you in a why league of ridiculous uh, relievers last year he started to show some wear and tear now it's a short year and so i think that a guy like Hader absolutely can thrive but the wear and tear that he showed in 2019 would scare me a bit. I'm not saying I wouldn't try and get him, but the package Declan saw, if I'm the Brewers, I, I personally oh, the Brewers stick would, yeah. Josh in a wheelbarrow <laughs> and drive him down 94 until I get to Target Field, and then I drop his butt off. See, here, here's the thing. like, If you were to add Josh Hader to this Twins team, like that's the type of piece that can help you win a World Series, much sure. like Araldis Chapman to the Cubs in 2016. Sure, it's the type of piece that can just be like that final thing, but it's no guarantee because there's still a a first round crapshoot three game series. Like you would be guaranteed nothing, and you would be giving up some of your top long term prospects. So for me to give up Royce Lewis, it it can't be a reliever. Like it's got it's got to be someone. And Jefferson's a pretty good player too. Yeah, I mean, I'd like trade I tra- I'd trade him, I would, but I would do both Jeffers and Rooker for that in a heartbeat. I would too. Um, I would too. 
and I would even that's close. I, to I would even do one of the two pitching prospects that they have in their system, Duran or wow, you're getting all three no, of those guys. I would no, no, not. no, 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 not all three. I, but I would center it one around look one at of those haters, two dudes. Look at Hater's statistics last year; they ultimately scare you. Yeah, but he hasn't. He's nasty. If he, I can, I, I know, but I, I'm looking at a two-year window 20, to win the World Series. Right, but 21, Hader he could fall apart completely. Firefighter. You know what? Well, Bring him on. I'm making this type. I'm making this type of ridiculous trade or talking about it seriously. If we're talking about an ace pitcher, ace star. Reckless speculation. I feel like sometimes I feel like people in the Twin Cities, especially other local media. They just say they just don't have the guts to lo- to recklessly speculate like we do on this show. Well, that's MLB reckless speculation. That's the great. That's one of the great trades I've ever heard. That's an awesome. I mean, that's just a literally throw it against the wall. Who who uh, contemplated that one? That Declan? was Mark DeRosa. <laughs> I love it. DeRosa. Let's throw Sorry. that up on the score. Let's social. get him on. Oh, it's going up. Get okay. him on. We'll get down there. Actually, yeah. Get DeRosa on. We I think we have an MLB Network contact just on our production meeting. Okay. Let's see if Mark DeRosa wants to come on and he's fun. And speculate tomorrow. Okay. That yep. would be awesome. What's tomorrow? Friday? So we tomorrow have action is... movie where you want to Yeah, let's do oh, it. God, that's... We got plenty of I'll time. I'll Saturday if I have to. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> let's do it. Have him, call, have him call me at home. We'll <laughs> yeah. talk about this. That's awesome. Mark awesome. DeRosa. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Hey, a couple quick thank yous before we officially wrap wrap. Uh, we just launched the Mackie and Judd YouTube channel, uh, I don't know, like a month and a half ago or something. Well, we launched it when Rami was still here, but then we put it on hiatus because of all the changes. And you guys have helped us get over 400 subscribers, over 400 subscribers on the Mackie and Judd YouTube page, youtube.com slash Mackie Judd. All kinds of wolf speculation. Um, we will, another on our production meeting, we will start to put some more twin stuff on. We can talk about that off mic, but I feel like reckless speculation brand decks. We should, let's see if that hits right. the YouTubers. All right. You got it. I feel like there's only like one, uh, Tom Freming from Twins Daily is like the only person doing YouTube really well right now. In the Twin Cities, he does like John Boy breakdowns. So let's let's infiltrate the Twins YouTube, YouTube market and see okay. what happens. I love it. I feel like mostly old people um, care about baseball, but there's got to be some young ones out there. That I think there's young Twins fans. YouTube, yeah. And then the the, the Vikings YouTube stuff for us. You guys helped us get over nine thousand subscribers. YouTube.com/slash/score_north for full episodes of Purple Daily every day. So thank you to all of you. We appreciate you helping us out during a tumultuous period for sports media. And we'll be back with some Action Movie Rewind tomorrow. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.